Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. We're back. Um, look, the Michigan-Michigan State game has to be talked about here, okay? I've got to get some thoughts out. I don't want you, any of you, to be listening to 97-1 the ticket from 2 to 6 because they're not going to tell you what legitimately happened. They're going to sit there and they're going to rub the game in your face. So when you come to me, you're gonna get you're gonna get a fair shake from Michigan fans. If you want to be blown smoke, go ahead and by all means listen to 971. But you're here. It's Jacob Cox show. I'm Jacob Cox. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this game in a fair manner. Okay, we're gonna talk about Jim Harbaugh in a fair manner. And the goal is to touch on the O. And, what, eight Lions now? So we will touch on them. But, of course, we got to start with Michigan State beating Michigan 37-33 in East Lansing on Saturday. All right. It's going to be painful. It is going to be painful to talk about this, this football game. To think Michigan... Had a 30-14 to 14 lead at one point and lost this football game. That angers me. It really does. To think Michigan had 552 yards and lost. Angers me. To see that Michigan State had 395 yards. Angers me. I don't even care that you won the football game. If you were just looking at that stat alone. But we're not. We're looking at the whole dang thing. Now, before I ramble on, let me just say, and I said it if you talk to me before this football game, I said, no matter what, no matter who loses, they can still accomplish what, what the true goal here is. Big 10 title, college football playoff. Both teams can still do that. The path is hard. I'm not saying it's easy. But both teams can still do it. This football game got off to an awesome start. Peyton Thorne threw an interception. And Andre Anthony, a couple of plays later, 93-yard pass from McNamara to the house, 7-0. And then Michigan started their trend of being conservative and settling for field goals. They settled for one at the end of the first quarter. Second quarter got started. And let me let me just note, in that first quarter, Michigan did a great job defensively containing the Michigan State offense. There were no big plays, and Kenneth Walker was not getting loose. Second quarter, of course, Kenneth Walker gets loose. 27 yards to the house, 10-7. Michigan settles, another field goal. It's 13-7. So, so far, you settled for two. When it could be 20, uh, it could have been 14-7. And then it could have been 21-7. You settled for two field goals. So instead of it being 21-7, it's 13-7. Michigan State takes the lead on a Kenneth Walker eight-yard touchdown. On that same run, I'm pretty sure you had like 14 guys on the field. And like seven guys were in Michigan State's backfield because you were so late getting on the field. Late sub, way to go, Mike McDonald. All right. So instead of it being 21-14, it's 14-13 Michigan State. 
hey, Andrell Anthony from J.J. McCarthy was a perfect ball, perfect catch. Michigan jumps back in front 21-14, but it could be 28-14. And then at the end of the first half, about the only field goal I'm okay with Michigan settling for, they settle. We go to halftime 23-14 when it could be 31-14. Okay? That's the first half, right? And a lot of it is, well, Jacob, you're saying what if, what if, touchdown instead of field goals. Yeah, I am. And I'm saying it because the Michigan offense, coordinated by none other than Josh Gaddis, former Nick Saban assistant, on third down, loves to just run up the middle between the tackles. Meanwhile, Cade McNamara is having the game of his life. We're going to be the most conservative team on third down just because we're in field goal territory, and we will settle for our three points all day. Hey, if Haskins or Quorums gets the first down, it's that's good. But if they don't, it's still good because we got good old reliable Jake Moody. I'm sorry. That's not how you win big football games. At minimum. At minimum, let Cade McDamara throw the football. If nothing's open, he'll throw it away. Michigan State wasn't getting a lot of pressure in the Michigan State backfield, so you really didn't have to worry about him getting sacked all that much. He got hit a few times, but I don't think he got sacked once. So what are you worried about? He'll throw it away, or he'll complete it for first down or touchdown. But instead, you're running up the middle, so you're running between the tackles on third and short every single time. And you want to know what Michigan State was doing every single time? They were sending the linebackers. The linebackers were at the line of scrimmage before the ball was snapped, and you ran right into them every single time. Sorry, I, I, how, how the hell did you think you were going to pick it up? So you settled. Hey, to start the third quarter, you came out slinging it again. McNamara to Sandwich Grill. It's 30-14 to 14 when it should be 38-14. to 14. But again, we're not going there. Kenneth Walker gets loose. Next thing you know, a couple of touchdowns. It's a tie game. And what does Michigan do again? You settle for a field goal. 33-30. Yeah, you kicked a field goal in that score. But remember, it shouldn't be that score. Okay? And then Kenneth Walker makes you pay. Now, again, I'm in pain here. I am frustrated. I'm upset. And people go at Jim Harbaugh, right? Well, he didn't coach a great game, but he didn't coach a bad one either. Like, everyone's looking for someone to blame. And as much as this loss is frustrating, as much as this loss is... Like, it hurts. There's not one soul to blame for the loss. Like, offensive play calling, struggled at times. Defensively, struggled at times. Special teams, I mean, Michigan, you had problems with the snap again on a punt. So you had to fake it, even though it wasn't a designed fake. I mean, it's just... 
things didn't go their way. They made mistakes. The players made mistakes. Coaches made mistakes. I mean, false starts, face mask. We dropped wide open passes. Quorum out of the backfield. That would have made it 14-0, only ended up being 10-0. That's that's house. That's a touchdown. And then Cornelius Johnson at the end of the game. Michigan, after all that, still had a chance to win the football game. On like 2nd and 10 or 1st and 10. With about a minute 20 left, McNamara dropped back. Wasn't a great ball, but it was catchable because it went right through Johnson's wickets. That's a first down near the 50 with a minute 10 left. You're in a you're in a lot better position. There was three illegal substitution penalties. Three. There were missed tackles. There were missed blocks. So on third down, again, we go back to third down. We go back to fourth down because Michigan went for it twice on fourth down. You are asking slot wide receivers to block linebackers. You realize slot receivers are about the smallest, skinniest guys on the field? Not all the time, but majority of the time, they're smaller guys. You're asking them to you're asking them to block linebackers who are coming downhill at full speed. So there's whiff blocks, but that's also bad coaching. There was a legal procedure on fourth down. You botched the punt, like I said. There was, you know, defensive pass interference. A lot of them could have gone either way. Michigan State had some as well that weren't called. Right? I'm not going to sit here and complain about the on-field referees. The replay video guy, atrocious of a game. We'll get to that in a minute, though. Um, You know, missed interceptions. Could have had a couple. J.J. McCarthy fumble slash quorum. You know, offsides again, intercept. Like, it's a combination of things. There's not one thing that's going to sit here and say, you know, I love how people in, you know, what you'll probably hear at, on 97.1 today from 2 to 6 is that Jim Harbaugh's a fraud. Jim Harbaugh didn't lose this football game. He didn't. Did he coach a fantastic one? I'm not going to say yes. But it ain't his fault they lost. I mean, obviously, you have to blame someone. You're going to blame Jim Harbaugh, of course. Because that's all people want to do is, 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 is blame Jim Harbaugh at this point. I do want to touch on the video replay, okay? They took Aiden Hutchinson's off the board... And there was no clear video that showed Peyton Thorne with complete control of the football in his knee or shin on the ground. First of all, didn't know shin was a thing, but it is cool as far as football down rules. Um, but there was no clear video. From the Fox broadcast, there was no clear video showing Peyton Thorne full control and down. That, that didn't exist. So the refs took a touchdown for Michigan off the board. But somehow, 
on that incomplete pass that was turned to a catch, there was clear evidence for that one. There was also clear evidence of Kenneth Walker not fumbling the ball before the goal line. Now here, let me say this. If I was the replay official, Kenneth Walker's touchdown would have stood. Aiden Hutchinson's touchdown would have been call stands. And on the incomplete pass for Michigan State that was turned into a catch, the call on the field was incomplete. The call would have stood. But three times, it was Kenneth Walker call stands. On the Hutchinson was overturned somehow without indisputable, clear evidence. It was overturned. So there was one, two calls missed. Replay officials should be fired and sent to the moon. But again, it's not the sole reason Michigan lost the football game. Like I said, it's a combination of things that made Michigan lose the game on Saturday. No one thing made them lose. And that's where we're at. That's where Michigan football is at today. And that's my opening. That's my recap of the game. That's my frustrations throughout the game. That's it. I thought the officials were terrible. But if you're a Michigan fan and you say the officials were terrible, people are saying, oh, you're making excuses for your football team blowing a lead. No, I'm not. Because I'm saying it's a combination of things. The officials stunk. And Michigan had multiple opportunities to win the football game, and they blew it. Both things can be true. Now, I know a lot of people want to talk about J.J. McCarthy being put in the game on the biggest drive of the season. And I just want to make the point known that Cade McNamara was having the game of his life but you've been calling for J.J. McCarthy all season long, you can't have it both ways. And what I mean by that is you can't say, well, we want J.J. McCarthy. I think he's the better quarterback. And then Jim does just that. And it just happened. Like they fumble the ball. And then you're like, why are you taking Kate out? Well, you can't have it both ways. Do you want J.J. or not? Was it dumb? Probably. But you can't have it both ways. Because let me tell you what. If J.J. pulls that ball, doesn't put it on the ground, and throws for a first down, you're all clapping about it, and we're not talking about it. Not one person would be talking about it. Even if they ran for a yard, no one's talking about it. But because the play had the worst outcome possible, we talk about it. If it was Cade, if Cade had fumbled that football, you would have all been like, Well, that's why we need J.J. McCarthy. It happens. The football's wet. Look, yes, I agree. Cade McNamara should have probably been on the football field. But what are you going to do? Crap happens. It's terrible. You can't make mistakes in a big football game. But Michigan fans, you know, towering now that, oh, that's why Cade's got to be in the game. If Kate had fumbled the ball, y'all would have been screaming for JJ. So that's why I'm not really touching this quarterback conversation. And I didn't touch it on Twitter. And I ain't touching about it today. Because if 
it was Cade that fumbled, we'd be talking about why JJ needed to be in the game. And if JJ threw for a first down, no one would be talking about it anyway. So that's where we're at in terms of that. Um, you know, like I said, it was a combination of Michigan mistakes that lost on the football game. I've touched on the officials being utterly terrible. Touched on the quarterback. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Jim Harbaugh's future at Michigan. We'll touch on the Lions, and we'll wrap it up for today. This is the Jacob Cox Show. Alrighty, welcome back in. We got the probably the hottest topic that is going around the state of Michigan today. Or if your name is Paul Feinbaum, you're talking about it. And it's Jim Harbaugh's future at the University of Michigan. Okay. It's it's a hard topic to talk about as a Michigan fan because, and especially my view, like there's some Michigan fans today that want Jim Harbaugh fired. And I'm not going to sit there and tell them they're wrong because part of me wants, like, we want change, right? We don't want to have this continue to happen. But I think there's this false narrative that you're going to beat your rivals every single year, except when your rival's Michigan, I guess, right? Like, Auburn sneaks some by Alabama. You know, Texas and Oklahoma, you know, they've snuck some by each other. You know, Florida, Georgia, has it been owned by Georgia lately? Yeah. USC, UCLA, it's back and forth. Washington, Washington State is back and forth. But when your rival's Michigan, you beat them every time. Well, not really. So, like, we're in this narrative that Jim Harbaugh can't beat his rivals. And it's kind of true, but it's not all true. Like... People act like Michigan and Jim Harbaugh have never beat anybody. They have. Has he done it enough? It's kind of the question, right? But today, right now, this season, I want Jim Harbaugh to be the head coach. I want Jim Harbaugh, and I believe Jim Harbaugh should not be fired. I want Jim Harbaugh to be the head coach for the entire 2022 Michigan football regular season. And I'll get to why I phrased it the way I did. Like I said for Michigan State earlier on the show, the projection, Michigan State fans were just happy to win six games. And they overachieved. For Michigan fans, there was a wide range of predictions. Some people said Michigan's going to go 5-7. and seven. And those are the same people calling for Harbaugh's job. Get out. 6-6. Six and six. There were some there. There were some 7-5. and five. When I put the poll out at the beginning of the year, a lot of people said Michigan's going to go 7-5. 7-5, 8-4, and, five. Seven and, five, eight and four, I think we're in the same category. Well, you still want to fire him? You want to fire him for doing exactly what you said or do better? 
Because he ain't going worse. He already won seven games. So when and why are we firing people for doing exactly what you thought they were going to do? I think as a boss, you know, I'm not a boss, but like people out there who are bosses or like in your profession, whoever is listening, like if your boss is expecting you to do something and you do exactly that, why would they fire you? They wouldn't. You did exactly what they thought you'd do. Which is what Jamar was doing right now is exactly what we... No, no. We did not think the loss would probably be to Michigan State. If you said eight, seven and five, you probably thought it was going to be Indiana, Mich- uh, Penn State, Ohio State. You probably thought Washington was going to be a loss. There's your four. Right? Those, maybe Wisconsin was five. So there's your five. And I see how some people got six because you thought they'd lose to Michigan State. But yet they've beat almost half of the teams on the list I just gave. So why are we uh, talking about fire him? Because he did exactly what was expected. What everyone thought he was going to do, he did this year. Now... Before I get ridiculed for settling for Michigan just being good enough, 10 and 2, 9 and 3, before I get ridiculed for that, I want to go back to how I opened and how I phrased I want him to be the head coach for the entire regular season of the 2022 Michigan football schedule. And I, I, I reason that because. And I know I'm going to get crap saying next year is the last straw because apparently we've been saying next year for like the last eight years, but next year is it. Okay. It's it. Why would I not fire Jim Harbaugh today? So the expectations was reason one. Reason two, JJ McCarthy is a freshman. Andrell Anthony's a freshman. Donovan Edwards is a freshman. You just hired a defensive coordinator who's been very good for you. And Josh Gaddis is really getting his feet wet. His play calling outside of the conservative ass third down calls. He called a great game. So, this is a formulation of positives. You fire the head coach, it could wipe away every single one of those positives. Every single one. And he's recruiting pretty well. So you fire him, you'll lose all that. And then it just 2022 is real bad. 2023 is real bad. And you're maybe starting to turn the corner in 2024. Michigan fans don't want to lose anymore. Jim Harbaugh gives you the best chance to win. The best chance to achieve your goals right now. But looking at 2023. I'm sorry. Looking at 2022, next season. It's not an easy schedule at Iowa, at Michigan State, at Ohio State. Let's say Michigan goes 10-2 again, or 9-3, and and the loss is to Ohio State. So this is a multiple loss team. This is not 11-1 with the loss being to Ohio State. This is 9-3, 10-2, and 
and you lose to Ohio State to end the year. So you already pretty much know you're out of the Big Ten East, Big Ten title contention before you play Ohio State and you lose, right? Let's just, that's the scene. You're not 11-0 going into Ohio State. You already have losses. And then you lose to Ohio State. As soon as that bus arrives back in Ann Arbor, Jim Harbaugh is fired. That's my take right now. You go 9-3, again next year. As soon as that bus arrives back in Ann Arbor from the Ohio State game, Jim Harbaugh gets fired. But it ain't this year. I'm talking 2022. Talking next season. Because this season, he exceeded my expectations. He exceeded most Michigan fans' expectations. No one thought this team was going to be this good. And you know, here's the thing. Someone had to lose on Saturday. Of course, it was Michigan. But what about both teams are still legit? Both teams are still good football teams. I think it was a battle of legitimate top 10 teams and someone had to lose. And it stinks that that team was Michigan. For me, Michigan fans. But it doesn't mean Michigan's a bad football team. Because let me tell you, Michigan played a lot, heck heck of a lot better than they used to play in rivalry games. Okay? Like, I, like this is the best they played in a rivalry game since 2016 Ohio State. That's, that's the truth. So... I'm not on the fire Jim Harbaugh train. He gets another year for multiple reasons. He exceeded expectations this year already. And two, that got some really good young talent and two young coordinators. I'm going to let him ride for another year. I am. You want to bitch and moan about it? Go ahead. You want to call for Jim Harbaugh's head? You go ahead. You fire Jim Harbaugh. Michigan fans, if you want to fire Jim Harbaugh, I want you, before you do, take a look at Nebraska. Take a look at them. They haven't been relevant since they hired a head coach who won 10 games a year. Haven't been relevant. I'm not trying to say fire Harbaugh and then, like, the response to that is well who you gonna get i'm not saying that because i think mel tucker is a great example of who you gonna get well he actually turned out to be pretty dang good but i am in the camp of firing jim harbaugh does not mean success for michigan i think it means things are gonna get a heck of a lot worse if you fire jim harbaugh we'll be right back All right, final uh, segment of the day, and I don't have much to say on the topic, but I figured I had to talk about it, right? I figured, you know, hey, <laughs> like the Lions are that bad, we might as well just, you know, mention them. Like this, this, this football team is on the journey to being the first ever NFL team to go 0-17. I mean, I, 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 hey, we love to set records here in Detroit. 
for bad things if we're the Lions. And hence, this is going to be one of them, okay? Uh, it's going to be disappointing. But you're going to get the number one pick, and you're going to get uh, Kavan Pipito, the defensive end from Oregon, which is probably going to be the pick. It's who I would pick right now. We're not mock drafting yet, but we're going to start mock drafting like two weeks from now when we 100% know they're going to be terrible. But, uh, you know, I, I just did want to mention it because the Lions, I mean, I, I don't know about them too. Like, they're 0-8 now, and then they'll go play the Steelers. And then they'll go play the Browns, so they're 0-10. And on Thanksgiving, they've got the Bears, who, you know, things might be looking up for them. Uh, so then they're 0-11. I mean, I don't see a game on their schedule that I'm like, they might win. There's not one. Maybe Seattle if you weren't playing them in Seattle. Maybe Atlanta if you weren't playing them in Atlanta. Maybe Denver if you weren't playing them in Denver. Like, at most, this Lion team, Lions team wins two games. The Bears on Thanksgiving and the Vikings the week after. And it would be Lions-esque to win both those games and give like people hope. Like, oh, maybe they turn the corner. Like, it, it would be Lions-esque to do that. Like, and I hate to be the fan, but let's go 0-17. Let's get the number one pick for once. Let's actually, like, be a competent football team so we can have the first pick and get the best player in the draft or who you hope is going to be the best player in the draft. Just FYI, um, being a baseball guy, I would mention the Braves, but... I'm this is it's five o'clock on Sunday. The Braves hasn't haven't played yet. I'm sure they'll be on the next episode if I choose to do one. Okay, but I mean, I mainly did this episode because I needed I needed to get my Michigan Michigan State thoughts out. Okay, and the Jim Harbaugh controversy. Like I had to get it all out of my system. Maybe you know maybe you guys don't care. Maybe like one person's gonna listen to this. I, Beyond me. Don't care. This is for me to get my thoughts out. And then now I now I can move on with my life, in a sense. Um, but yeah, I wanted to touch on the Lions because on Sunday um, against the Eagles, it was bad. They looked bad. It looked like it looked like a high school football team playing a NFL team. Like, and I'm not. I'm not one of those people that say a college football team could beat an NFL team. I think that's wrong. Like Georgia, Alabama, you're still not beating the Lions, even though the Lions are a disgrace. Still not. But I think this Lions team is the worst NFL team ever assembled. I think the 0-16 Browns would beat this 0-17 Lions team. And I'm going to call them the 0-17 Lions team because I think they are going 0-17. Not going to call them anything else. They are the 0-17 Lions to me. Or they're 2-15. and 15. 
But I will tell you, and I truly believe this, the 0-16 Browns would beat this 0-17 Lions team. And it would be one heck of a football game. I wish I could watch it. Like, you you ever had those games you wish you could assemble? Like, uh, you know, a current team against a team back day, back in the day. Like, uh, when a lot of people, when this conversation comes up, they talk, you know, they talk about it like a very good team against a team back in the day. You know, we like we want LeBron and MJ to have played each other. Like, if take the Lakers now and the and the Bulls now, something like that. No one has ever talked about worst and worst. Like, I wish the this Lions team could play the 0-16 Browns and see who wins. And I think it would be the Browns. I think I think there's got to be some sort of simulation you could play that would get it close because it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. All right, that's all we got for today. It's been a ride. If you made it through the show, if you listened at all, greatly appreciate you more than you know, even if I don't know who you are. Um, I'm not sure if I'll do another one. Maybe I'll be back next week. Maybe I won't. Follow me on Twitter if you don't already, at JacobCox26. I write for Detroit Jack City, which is a fan-sided website. And um, that's all. Hope you had a great Halloween. And um, go blue.